Hey everybody, it's Chris and Rick Talk Guitars. It's been a while. Chris and I have been doing other things and I'm dying to hear what Chris has been up to. I've kind of been keeping up with him through social media and texting and stuff. But hey, Chris, why don't you tell me what you've been doing pandemic wise? And I think you've been a busy boy. Yeah, well, fortunately, we had this unseasonably nice couple of weeks for April in Seattle. I'm like in the process of building a porch, residing my shed, which we finished last weekend and just doing all these like building garden boxes and all this shit. So I've been, you know, been working on that stuff so we can have all that done by the time the summer hits and we can enjoy. That's all. Unfortunately, I've been, I've, I've been estranged from guitar, I think. Um, I just started yesterday. I I, I got a good couple hours in just spending some QT with my, um, my guitar. So I'm looking forward to getting back into that too. How about you? Yeah, similar. Um, yeah, we've been doing a lot of planting. I made some planter boxes. I've, I've gone down this rabbit hole of making outdoor chairs. So I did a prototype a while ago and and then I I have my second version now that still needs to be tweaked. So (laughs) I've been, I've been scouring the countryside for, for clear cedar. I finally found a killer outlet in Issaquah. That's a good prices, good, good quality product. So, so woodworking has been my um, rabbit hole as of late, but like you, yeah, I've, I've started to get back into the guitar too. I'm getting into the Strat recently and then also i've been rediscovering my les pauls dude like i have that les paul classic that's uh-huh. freaking killer and then i have that deluxe that i put the lawler p90s in and i've been playing those things lately dude it's insane and again like i always do this um i was at practice one time one night and john our singer he was talking about wanting a deluxe he's always wanted deluxe and i go dude i got i've got a deluxe i never play it I should bring it out and let let you borrow it. And and then I started playing it. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to let you borrow this guitar. I want this guitar. <laughs> it's That's a problem with, I find the same thing with multiple guitars. It's like you just get into one for a while and you're like, you know, maybe I should get rid of it. I mean, I, I hate the thought of something not getting played. I know. And you pick it up and you play it and, you, and then that becomes, that goes right into rotation. It's like, it oh, I'm not playing this at all. And then you start playing it. I was like, why the hell am I not playing this one? It's My- like, sometimes I just think, it's but just go back to one guitar, maybe two. <laughs> but well, I, I think my rule of thumb moving forward is going to be no, I'm not going to get rid of any guitar unless I have to, unless it's a super emergency that I really need the cash or something. But same because I, you know, I'll always kind of fall back in love with the damn thing. Yeah. Not having played it for a while. But, yeah. Me, I was thinking about that, you know, cause I just got that classic series Stratocaster and you know and I'm not the hugest Stratocaster fan in the world but I really like that guitar so I was thinking well I have this standard Stratocaster maybe I could get rid of it but I picked that up it's got a rosewood board and the other one doesn't and instantly it's like you know I bought this guitar for a reason I picked this guitar up in a store and it really spoke to me there's something about it so I I have a hard time letting it go you know I, I guess if you maybe bought things online at sight unseen and you know Maybe a lot. Maybe you'd have instruments that, you know, you find after a while. Yeah, that didn't really work out. And yeah. I think that has happened before where I've purchased a guitar. And after a while, it's like, yeah, it's not happening for me. But usually every guitar you have is something you picked out for a reason. So yeah. when you consider getting rid, getting rid of it, that reason is still there. And it will mm-hmm. remind you. That Strat is cool, too. And I'm glad. it's cool that you're not a Strat guy, but you gravitated to a couple strats that speak to you which is i think is super cool 
Yeah. You know, well, let's segue into a, a topic uh, okay. we've been kind of banding about plugging the guitar straight into the amplifier. No effects, not even a tuner, man. You know, just straight, just That's guitar, cable, amp, right? Yeah. Like, let's talk about that because that's a whole thing in the guitar world. And I know um, I've heard several stories um, that are pretty cool. Like one, the person shall remain nameless, but I remember he told me way back when he first came to Seattle and and he went to some open mic or some blues jam or something. And he had a pedal board of like a lot of pedals. <laughs> it was a lot. And, and he plugged in and he was getting set up and somebody came over and said, uh, dude, um, you know, this is a blues, you know, kind of, kind of setting the stage, like, Hey, you know, we don't plug into effects here, man. Like <laughs> kind of shaming him a little bit, which is kind of funky, but, and then also do, there's some people that just have clip on tuners because they don't even want to use a, a tuner, uh, you know, it, it, getting in the way of their signal too. So anyway, right. um, what do you often do that? Do you, do you usually just plug straight in or I know you've got a few pedals that are kind of the mainstays, but. Yeah, it depends. I, I mean, I like the sound of all my amps like straight in if they're cranked, but, um, and some work better than others with Gibson's just straight in and they start to get like a kind of a tone I want without being ridiculously loud. But for the most part, I mean, I can't think of, an amp that I have that, you know, where you get it cranked up to where it starts giving me what I'm looking for it. That isn't unbelievably loud. Even the Princeton, which is 12 Watts. Yeah. When I, I got that amp, I thought I want to get a, a small amp that I can crank and play live. And I was playing a Telecaster. Every club that I went in there and tried to do that with, were like, no, no, <laughs> it's, you know, and this is, these are fairly big clubs with full on, you know, drums going. Yeah. So that's kind of where I found my path of, all right, I need something that gives me what I want from a cranked app without having to crank the app. And that's how I came into the tube screamer. And I'm sure there's other things that'll do the same thing. Yeah. So for me, whether I'm playing around the house or whatever, I usually have like something that will make the amp feel like it's, you know, I don't like to interrupt my own self. <laughs> I don't like perceived distort i don't like distortion pedals unless i'm going for a, a distortion effect which is super rare yeah. i don't like to hear drive from a pedal i guess i should say yeah. what i like to use a drive pedal for is just to kind of fake that cranked amp thing and it's not just about the sound because there's a feel that you get in the way that the instrument responds when an amp is working i mean that's the whole idea is get right. the, the power amp section working and it kind of compresses a bit and it feels a little bit like, you know, you're pushing things into a very dynamic, you know, guitar to amp thing going on that you can kind of play and it, you know, draws things out of you. But that's kind of what I look for in a pedal for amps to get that at lower volumes, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I had a, uh, for a while, I had a silver tone, it was a 1484. I can't remember what it was. It was the, like the, sort of a deluxe circuit. That was definitely the best chord straight into the amp. And it broke up so quickly that I could get a good sound, especially with a Gibson. Yeah. So I use that a lot straight in. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I have to say that I'm not a huge fan of myself playing a clean Fender sound. I mean, I love the sound. It's a great sound. And, you know, you hear on records and I hear people do it all the time. I love that sound. 
I don't like to play with that sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need a little bit of compression, a little bit of, you know, something going on where it's like a little bit darker and a little more mid rangey. So I'm, you yeah. know, my, as I've mentioned on the show before, I don't really have a clean tone. It's this sound that is, you know, gets clean or dirty depending on how I dig in. Yeah. And I will say, well, before I turn this over to you, cause I want to hear what you have to say about this is I, one of the things that made me think about straight into the amp tones was, you remember a long time ago at the Blue Moon, we did a show together, your band and my band. Yeah. And we, I don't know if I was playing one. I wasn't playing one, but I had one. And you did use the Music Master bass amp. And you had a Gibson Les Paul and you had a white coily cord. And that's all it was. Yeah. And it, and it sounded great. And that's like, I mean, that's the sound that I would be going for. But if I'm sitting here around the house, it's too loud. In a club, yeah. You might be able to get away with it, but how about you? What is your experience straight, straight in? I mean, that's my preference sometimes, because, uh, like you said, some lower water jams when you, and you don't even have to dime them. Like just if if they're lower water jams and you're playing the right guitar, if you get to that certain sweet spot where it starts to break up, I'm the same way. I can't play like a super clean sound. I have to have some kind of grit in there or it just bugs the heck out of me. I have to have a little bit of dirt in there. Yeah. For me, some of the fondest memories I have of playing guitar are when I've either dimed a, a low wattage amp or just cranked it to the point where it gets at the sweet spot where it's just starts to break up and it sounds really cool. And I think there are a lot of lower wattage amps where you can kind of, you don't necessarily dime them, but you can get them to this sweet spot where they're not super annoyingly loud, but they start to work their magic as you're working those tubes. But I just think it's funny too. I, I just think there's, you know, with every topic or anything, there's always these purists, right? That that's the only way they'll play, right? I just want a chord that goes from my guitar to my amp. I'm going to have a clip on tuner because I don't want anything getting in the way of my signal, which is totally cool. I mean, I respect that. That's cool. But I always, I, mean, I think I've always played with something like I've either had a, a wah-wah pedal or something in my chain and also like a tuner. It's just easier. I, I don't for like, if I'm playing electric guitar through an amp, I don't, I don't know. There's, I just, I'm not part of that generation, I guess, that started clamping a tuner onto my headstock. So I just, I'm used to like having a tuner in my chain, but, but yeah, I mean, I think in terms of just experiencing kind of that guitar player bliss, you know, there's nothing like, you know, taking your guitar, plugging it into an amp and then getting that sweet spot, whether you're diming it or not. Right. It's cool, man. Like you're saying, it's like, there's no substitute for that. I mean, you oh. know, we try, but it's the coolest thing. It's, it's more than a sound. I mean, a lot yeah. of you know, the sound is, you know, one thing, but it's the feel, it's the way the instrument behaves with the amplifier that, I yeah. mean, that's where the magic is for me. And yeah. so, I mean, yeah, and I should say that, I'm not talking, always talking about diming. I'm talking about getting to that spot where you start to get a little sustain back from the amp and there's a little grit when you dig in. And that's usually where I'll put it on the amp. And then I'll use the, you know, the tube screamer to kind of shape the tone a little bit. And maybe, you know, that pushes it just an, a, a little bit more. So it starts to, to, to act like it's, it's louder and cranked more. Yeah. So right around in that special area. Yeah. On the Princeton, for example, um, seven with a, with a Gibson humbucker is really, really loud. I'll run it at four or five with a tube screamer. And I kind of get that same fundamental tone of the amp. And I get a little bit of that, you know, that amp guitar, you know, kind of 
interplay that I look for when the amp is cooking. Uh-huh. And it's it's much more manageable. I still have they still have all the dynamics. You know, you you can play quiet and it cleans up and you dig in and it's darker. But no, I, I agree. I mean, I love, I mean, I think just about any guitar player would love, you know, just that direct connection of the guitar to the amp and yeah. you know, get it cooking. But I think to for me to consistently get what I want out of an amplifier in a live situation, it's always about having something where I can don't have to crank it so loud to get there, you know, yeah. I mean? and still get the benefits of that for me anyways. And I don't care. I, you know, I know there's a lot of people like are purists in the sense that, you know, no preamp distortion. If you're, if you're not distorting the, the, you know, the output tubes, it's just, it's just not real. Right. For me, I don't really, as long as I'm getting that feeling in my, you know, and that perception in my playing and it sounds to me like that, I don't care where it comes from. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I mentioned, I'm not a, um, I don't like drive from an overdrive pedal or a distortion pedal unless I'm specifically going for some distortion, which is super rare. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really feel like I'm faking it because if it sounds and responds that way, I don't care where it comes from. Yeah. I agree with that. Totally. I, I I'm the same way. I, as long as it, yeah, as long as it does what I want it to do and along those lines, I was going to say in terms of volume, I do need a certain level of volume. That's another thing I don't think people understand that don't play guitar, electric guitar, is you need a certain a level of volume. to, And it's not even the volume. It's just the like you're saying, it's a feel. It's like, okay, okay, that feels right. You know, it's like, because yeah. it's this feedback that you need in order to play and it affects your playing. I mean, I remember so many times when I played these clubs and people are, no, you're way too loud. And I turn way down and it, it totally affected my playing because it's like, I can't, it's this, it's almost like a crowd, right? You, you respond to the crowd in a way that jazzes you and makes you play a certain way. Same with your amplifier. It's gotta be, there's this, you know, this really, this equilibrium you have to reach. It's like, Oh, there it is. That makes me feel good. I can play comfortably. Do you experience that too? I see you shaking. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's the thing. And you're, you're a lot, you know, that's the kind of the guitarist, um sound person fight that's always raging but it's true and people who need what people have done in the past is because i think you know pa started out so small that a lot of you know the amps got really really big and then for a while once pa was catching up you know amps were still up there and some of the ways that people dealt with them was like plexiglass in front of their oh, right right i mean definitely that's a that's a legitimate thing you know i need my amp to be cooking but you know and i need to get this thing that i'm looking for for my amp so i can perform to my best but you know if you if you need an amp that loud you have to come up with other ways to make it work you know usually yeah. i mean if you can't get the, the rest of the band up to there you have to either like find a way turn your amp or you know or you know do something to get it where you can you know can still get that feel that you need to perform and you know because no, we don't as guitar players we don't want our band to sound shitty no I mean, we, want, we want everybody to be heard it's not like it's me 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 but, you know, they, finding that happy spot where you are and and staying in the context of a band mix is like the key to being a good guitar player, I think, anyway. Totally. I mean, and I, and I think it's probably every musician in the band probably has that that idea or that feel, right? I can't imagine a drummer being happy about a rock drummer. I mean, you have to play with dynamics, sure, but I can't imagine a rock drummer, you know, being jazzed about somebody going, look, I, you cannot hit your drums hard or, you know what I mean? Like, or a bass player for that matter. So I think it's, I think every musician has that, 
idea about that comfort zone in terms of volume or, you know, how hard they're applying pressure to their instrument. But you're right. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want it to just be all guitar and like the rest of the band can fuck themselves. I want a great mix in the band, but again, to achieve that as my, as my piece of the puzzle, I need certain parameters to be a certain way so that I can perform at the level I want to perform at in the context of that band. Right. And you're right. Even like I've seen people point their amps straight up to the sky, right. You know, probably cause it's cranked too, but even then, like I, it, I have to hear it. You know what I mean? Like, cause I've done that too. I mean, I've pointed my amp away or done certain things and, and that works sometimes, but if I can't hear it, and like you say, they're so directional too. Like I'll stand in front of that little Vox AC 15 and unless I tilt it up, it's like, it's, it, it feels like I don't even have it turned on at all. But once I tilt it up, it's like, Oh yeah, this is louder than shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's another thing too, is, is the directionality of these amps, you know, it's like, especially the small ones. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not, you know, a four twelve, but you know, you get in front of them and they might as well be yeah. I mean, getting their oh, line yeah. of fire. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, about tube amps in general. I, I forget the exact scientific ratio of what it is, but you know, uh, you know, a, a 25 watt amp isn't half as loud as a 50 watt hat. It's more than that. It's like, oh. I forget what it is, but it's like, you know, I mean, a champ is what four or five Watts. Yeah. They're pretty, they're pretty loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? You crank them and they're, they're super loud. So, I mean, put, you know, pair that with the directional thing and, you know, it takes a very tiny amp to be able to, you know, completely crank it uh, you know i worked in you know when i was selling musical instruments i noticed a lot of people would come in and they would take these cool old amps and they're just dime it and that's that's how they would test an amp and that's kind of a that's an important part i mean I, how does this thing sound down it's great but it's like that's only a fraction of what's great about those amps it's like you're saying get it up to that point where they just start to open up and explore what's there because then you have some, you know, some push and pull. It's like, oh, it cleans up really nice. Lean into it. And it's, it starts to snarl. Yeah. I mean, I used the Music Master bass for, you know, the rock stuff for a while. And I loved it. And I got lots of compliments about how it sounded out in front. But I eventually stopped because of the lack of headroom. It's like, I'm sure this sounds great, but I'm having trouble feeling it here. You know, it's there and I can tell it's loud, but I'm not really don't have that immediacy that I would if I had a little more headroom. So yeah, back to 50 watts. <laughs> well, you've got a nice setup with that, the MIG and the, oh, and you have okay. a 12 cab. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another thing too, that is interesting about a lot of these amps too. Like if you get it to a certain threshold, then it's, it almost kind of maxes out at that threshold, like the music master bass amp. Like if you get like mine, if you get it up to a certain point, it, it starts to dime and then, there, it just, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a certain seg segment that is just all, you can keep turning it up, but it's not going to do anything really. It saturates. Yeah, it just, yeah. yeah. Saturates. Yeah. But yeah, that's for me, that's the thing too. Cause I love the sound of not a dime damp, but just where you get, you can play around with that threshold where you get a little bit of grit and even, especially with pedals and stuff too, because it complements so many other sounds. One of the, the blissful things about being a guitar player is just finding different amps and, and, and going straight into them and seeing what kind of sounds you can get. Cause I, I, I've got memories of like that Gibson amp that I came across. I think I told you that flip top amp that was just insane. It was just so cool. And that, I don't even know, I forget how many Watts that was, but 
it was such a, and, and plus a lot of the lower water jams, there's just so much tone in them and so much character to the sound to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Exactly. Yeah. That's why you have to have a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. Cause I mean, I've, I've kind of been thinking about like, like you have a Princeton, I, I've been thinking about Princeton's I've been thinking about, you know, maybe trying to acquire uh, some kind of smaller blackface Fender amp, or even like that cool little Marshall you have is super cool. So that's a lot of fun. That's a great yeah. straight in amplifier. It's one of those Marshall lead 12s from the yeah. 80s. And that's something like, if I want to like just goof around with like rock riffs, just grab that in a chord and you can play for hours with all the sustain in the world. But yeah, I know a lot of players that play with a little bit of echo on their sound all the time like it and you can hear it's it's barely perceptible but it's there and that's cool i mean sometimes i think it can be too noticeable and to and to me i don't want to say it's a cop-out but i think i think there's something to be said but i totally understand because i'm in my head too like i i want there to be some kind of space right like yeah that some ethereal qualities to the sound that are yeah that I, i hate sterile sounds i hate like we we're saying before, clean sounds. I like there to be some kind of ethereal quality to the playing. So I can totally understand somebody like, yeah, I want to, you know, I, I I play with this kind of slight slapback, or I play with this delay that I've, you know, kind of tweaked over the years to for my sound. Sometimes I think it can be not misused, but you know, you hear somebody play and you're going, oh, I, yeah, I hear that echo on your on your sound. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm so late to the party with all of this guitar stuff that that people have been like it's just kind of foundational to mo- a lot of players is i've been really getting into my the tone controls on my guitar a lot lately you know because i usually just run my guitar knobs on 10 all of them you know on 10 but if you roll the 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 tone off especially on the bridge pickup man it just makes such a difference like i have that explorer for instance and when i roll it off a little bit man it kind of sweetens up the sound of the guitar a ton you know, and I know I'm going to be saying this and people listening are going, what a dumbass. Like, yeah, I've, I've been doing that. That's why they put them on there. 25 yeah. years. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm just a rock, just a thick headed rock hack. And so it's kind of fun though. And again, it, it's kind of one of these foundational things like plugging straight into an amp or using the knobs on your fucking guitar, you know, like that's kind of a revelation that I've been <laughs> digging lately. And also just, just rolling the the volume off of my Strat. It doesn't have a tone knob on the bridge pickup. So I'm just, I just lightly roll a little bit off the volume and, and man, it, it makes such a difference on that Strat, you know, yeah. kind of off topic, but it's, it, you know, oh, I was kind of dealing with, you know, getting more out of a, a chord and an amp and that's yeah. one of the things you can do. Yeah. And I've used, um, I've actually, it's been a long time since I've played out, but I was actually moving away from using a boost pedal and I was just using my volume control, like just set my bass sound a little bit less than full throttle and then just roll it up to full throttle to get the, um, to, to, if I want something to punch out more. Yeah. And, you know, that's great because I, I hate using a boost pedal if I don't need to, you know? Yeah. I like that concept too. And again, like I've been messing more with that too, because yeah, I think also that's another thing too, to think about is running your, maybe running your guitar straight through an amp loud, not crazy loud, but loud enough where you can roll off the volume on your guitar. So it still sounds good at a bass level. Right. But then you've got headroom on your guitar 
to kick it up for solos and all this other crap. So that's that's one, of my, one of my favorite sounds is that like a, a cranked amp played really quietly. Like yeah, an example I can think of right away is some like the cowboy junkies. I think that he was like a twin and a strat player and they're playing a super metal music, but you can tell the, you know, the amp is kind of cooking, but he's just playing lightly. And I love that sound. And that's yeah. the thing about it is like getting away from a boost pedal. If you don't have something to step on and go, here's my solo. I think you play, it makes you play differently because, yeah. you know, you might have a little bit of volume left on a knob. So you put that up and you're like, I need to play. I need this to punch out. So, you know, you lean in a little bit differently and maybe even the part you come up with is a little bit different because you don't have that crutch of just like stepping on something. It's instantly louder there. I'm good. So I was exploring getting away from that before the pandemic. And it's something I think I will continue to explore because yeah. it's idea I think might yield some cool results. Totally. And, and a little off topic too is just, I'm so ham handed with my pick picking hand I've been experimenting more with just being less aggressive and, and that's a whole other world to explore. You know, all of these things subtly impact different sounds you can get and how, and also how the amp reacts to what you're doing, right? Like if you're just thrashing on your guitar, which, Hey, I'm all for just thrashing on your guitar. That's a certain thing. But if you use a little, you're good, better at this than I am at, at, at being a little more nuanced with your playing, but I've started to, you know, started to come around to being more nuanced with my playing. And it's, it's really cool. It's just, it's amazing. Cause it, it, yeah, like it just gives you different perspectives on all that stuff. And we talk about all this stuff, which is great. All these little ideas and you spend some time working this stuff up by yourself and trying different things. It sounds good. And then you take it to a band context and it all goes out the window. Some of it will stick and some of you just go, this isn't realistic to, you know, it's like when everybody is flailing, it's like, yeah, that little subtle idea I had that sounded so great by myself kind of gets lost and goes right. right out the fucking window when, you know, you start playing, but there are some elements that will stick and you can work on those. That's kind of been my approach, but it's kind of a little disheartening sometimes when you're like, Oh, this idea is so great. This is just so cool. I, I got this worked out. It's great. And you put it in a live context and it's like, yeah, this doesn't work. <laughs> it's like it's, there's no room for this kind of subtlety or whatever it is. It's Yeah. It keeps us working, you know what I mean? Yeah, but but on the on that line too, though, I, I have noticed that you can affect the band and and hopefully maybe bring more dynamics to the band that way. Because I know that in some of the bands I've been in, and it's my fault as much as anybody else's, is 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 we forget about dynamics and how powerful they are in playing songs, you know. And again, I just I have you know I'm this kind of move forward bull in a china shop, just you know, but you know, some of, even some of my recordings, I listen to them and it's like, okay, there's no dynamics here in this song. You know, it doesn't, you know, the verses don't, you know, so I think it can also just help remind us of how important dynamics are in a band. No, that's, that's a very good point. And when I was talking about that stuff that gets lost, I, I think a better example would be like, if you're like playing around and you'll hear this a lot of times in like demo, um, you know, gear demos or something where they have this really beautiful, like perfectly set reverb and it sounds great with the guitar. Oh yeah. And you, know, you take that into a live situation. It's like, you know, that sounded beautiful, but that's completely fucking gone here. It's a, it has no reason. And it, it's might even detract. It's like, Oh, it's smearing, you know, it's giving this extra layer of slight smear to something that already needs to be, you know, more present. The natural reverb in the room will take care of that. So I don't need to do that. Yeah. That, that's not anything. It wasn't like so much of like, a band's 
you know, shortcomings or anything like that. It's just about these little techniques that you kind of work on and they sound great on their own, but they just don't fly when you put them in the real world. Yeah. No, no, I hear you. Yeah. And especially with reverb, reverb's funky live. I've never had a good experience with guitar and reverb live. Well, a surf band or something. What? Unless you're a surf band or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just did. I had, I've seen some bands like I saw the low straight jackets and they play with, they play all through deluxes with reverb and it sounds fucking killer, but yeah, you know, it depends on the context. I'm sure. Like if you were in a, in a, in a band that had like kind of was root space and you had maybe like the lead guitar, the lead, the leading instrument in the band was an acoustic guitar for a person's voice. And maybe you had like a cello and like maybe a bass player or something like that. A really nice reverb on a guitar would be awesome. Yeah. But, you know, in like kind of like a rock, like kind of wild rock setting, I think it's a little bit harder to dial up a reverb that, you know, doesn't kind of get lost or muddy things. Yeah. I think you're way better off with a delay where, you know, you can still get that sense of space, but you don't, you know, you don't smear things as much. But so, yeah, yeah, I think that's totally true. And now that you say that, I think also, yeah, with the introduction of some kind of gain on your guitar, I think that's where things start, you start to lose it and, and using reverb because all the best examples I can think of are people playing pretty much straight through an amp and just having that, like, like that band I mentioned earlier, right. They're just all playing straight through the amp. They're cranked, but yeah, they're, they're playing reverb to what is essentially a clean guitar sound. They, they do, they do get them up to where they're starting to breathe and starting to saturate. But yeah, I think that's true. And that's another good example of straight into an amp. Those guys, low straight jackets, there's a plug. Yep. That's cool. Indeed. Well, cool, man. Um, yeah, it's cool. I think it's cool that our conversation where it went because it, it, it did, it just kind of made us go full circle back to the beginning of electric guitar where, yeah, all you had was the guitar and the cable and the amp. And there's some killer sounds um, now that I'm just being reminded of in that context. So very Absolutely. cool. Yep. Yeah. Big circle. Giant it's a big circle. circle. <laughs> we really went nowhere. But, you know, yeah. hey, it felt like we did. Cool. Well, Chris, it's great to catch up. We're going to get back on the horse, do more of these, uh, 2021. Uh, any other parting thoughts for all the, the throngs of people out there listening right now? Just rock on, man. Rock on, people. And go straight through the amp. You're going to dig it and enjoy the bliss of unencumbered guitar sounds. So until next time, Chris and Rick Talk Guitars. Later. Goodbye.